Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use the promo code BLEAV, that is capital letters BLEAV, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Top of Thunder podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Hunsinger, at Thunder Chats. We are part of the B-Weave Network, <laughs> right there, for the people that can see. Uh, this podcast is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. I said we don't have any merch from them, but uh, yeah. Now that all that is out of the way, we have some lovely gentlemen on the podcast to talk to us today. First off, we've got... Um, the one, the only, the underscone, uh, another nickname that I just thought of on the spot earlier, the Connor Swore three cone. What up, cone? That one was rough. That's a, <laughs> that, that, yeah, I, I could tell that one came up on the spot, but I'm doing good. Uh, very excited about media day. It was a lot of fun. Very excited about hoops right around the corner, less than a week now from thunder hoops again i can't remember the last time i was this stoked for a season going into it and media day only got me more hyped i was like you know i'm like media day is media day you don't ever get anything too crazy out of it from uh some some teams there were some interesting things but for us you know it's typically normal but as i'm watching the live streams and stuff which shout to jerry by the way live streaming inside the press room because i don't know why they don't do that for some reason but between that and the Thunder app stuff, like a lot of interesting things to talk about. And again, like I said, I'm just super excited for the season at this point. So I can't wait for preseason. Can't wait to overreact to preseason. And I tweeted this out earlier, but every bucket will have me calling people future Hall of Famers, MVPs, things like that. Uh, it's a good time to be a basketball fan right now. So, Absolutely, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I was, I was listening back to our uh, last podcast and I referenced you. I said Connors, our NBA Connor swore. And uh, so then I was like, "Oh, Connor, Connor swore. Yeah, that's that's what we're gonna start calling. You. Not really. Though. Okay, it was a okay. one-time thing. We're gonna stick with the underscount. It's better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it, it came. It came up naturally. You can't force a nickname. No. Yes, absolutely. But hey, uh, the man, the myth, the legend, the man of the hour, the boots on the ground, uh, the game changer, the forerunner, the one and only Champagne Jerry. What up, Jerry? Oh man, I am tired. Um, I had a juggle work in the morning and then i had to peel out of there a little earlier than what i wanted to but i had to go finish up some work in the afternoon um man hell of a day shout out to alex just for having that relationship with the thunder that you know we've been able to be blessed to have with gosh going on five years now um second media day definitely different than my first media day um but it was it was definitely a great time and you know just kind of geeking out a little bit as I got to uh, see Lou Dort and um, just, you know, revel in his greatness. 
Yeah, the listeners are very disappointed that you did not ask Weedor if he was doing well. Man, I so this is my plan, okay? I literally asked the <laughs> mic first, right? Like, I was trying to get the mic first so I could just get that out of the way, mm-hmm. right? But then somebody stole the question that I was going to ask them because they got the mic first, and I was literally going to say, hope you're doing well, Lou. My question is, blah. All right. Like I was literally yeah. going to slip it in there. Couldn't do it. By the time it got over to me, um, I started shaking in my boots. I was all nervous and whatnot. And um, yeah, I just fumbled the bag there, guys. I'm sorry. Next time, next year, I will definitely do it. Most definitely will. It's all good, man. Because just like Cohn said, you, 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 I mean, you broke the market, like you crashed the market on, you know, just live streaming from the media room. Like, like, like Cone said, like I said many times, like it's dumb that they don't do that anymore. Like, you know, I, I really enjoy getting to see that. I don't see, and also I don't see why they don't have uh, any kind of playback on, uh, you know, the interviews that they did with Fisher and Cage and Royce. Like, you know, it was just live stream and like it, it's gone. Like it was in the ether and now it's gone. So like, yeah. Thunder, get your crap together. Man. No, I, I think they're doing that intentionally, though, just because, you know, they have grown out their own homegrown, you know, podcast and video series and whatnot. Um, so I think that they kind of just give everybody else that uh, venue to just get the content that they can get and go ahead and, you know, write it out, go do some stuff. And you got to remember, too, a lot of these guys um, that are there, it's not just a one man operation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They got somebody upstairs, you know, in their, at their table or in their area. Plus they have somebody where I was at. So, um, there was one other person that was actually streaming. It was, I think her name's Yoko. Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, I I think she, I follow her on Twitter. Yeah. I think that she, she was streaming. I could have swore I saw like a little red, you know, lettering at the top of her screen it looked like it was live but i think it was a facebook live not a twitter live there you go so yeah Uh, i will say they do have they do have all the interviews they did on the thunder youtube page it actually do okay cool 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 yeah i I couldn't find it earlier so maybe i'm just maybe i'm just an idiot you know like like when i tried to add 32 pounds to Usman jang uh yesterday (laughs) i was like what the hell are you talking about like literally right whenever i read that message i was like yeah this guy is just fell out of bed or something because there's no way that he gained 32 pounds. I had been up for a couple hours, but I I could have looked past the first link. I was, you know, it, it, it's the rat race of Twitter, you know, the whole summer league roster release. And I was trying to be the first one to get out there and like, you know, talk about the weight gain and everything. And, you know, I went to real GM, which hashtag fake GM. And, uh, you know, they had, they had bad weights on there and that's what I was going off of. And I was quickly called out for it. Um, and I apologized. I owned up to my mistake. I said, I'm not perfect. I've made a mistake. Uh, and you know, it's, it's all good. We're, we're going to live with it. Uh, Usman Jang, uh, shout out to that one pound, uh, maybe 32 next year. Well, but he did grow an inch. So hey, I, I think I would rather that. Yeah, he said that he grew about an inch, um, is, is what he had said. And he looked all of 6'10", like all of it. Love to hear that. Love to hear that. All right, well, let's get into it, we man. Take those wins. Yes, yep. absolutely. Well, 
There, there you go. That's probably. I think it's my second absolutely since we started the pod. So no, that's, that's like, like that's your, like your fifth or sixth. Yeah, you no it's just a yeah. it's just a fucking blur for you on the app. No, you you you've hit a couple of double absolutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, that's yeah. tough. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're playing the drinking game with that, I'm sorry for the double shots there. But, um, <laughs> all right, let's get into it, guys. So, uh, obviously, media day opened up, and you know, right from the jump, at least from the media room. The first person up was Mark Dagnalt, which, Cone, I didn't get to watch the Thunder live stream. Um, did they have Mark come to the area where Fisher and all them was too? Yeah, they did. Yeah, Mark came over. They were asking him about um, concerts and stuff, and he was actually really funny. He was asking them questions first, like asking how each of their summers were, like what's the mm-hmm. coolest place they went. Uh, Mark was really funny. I was impressed. I feel like he's kind of gotten this thing down at this point. Um, but yeah, he came over, he didn't say anything, uh, too crazy, kind of just reiterate the usual stuff, you know, citing the team's work ethic and like the progression and, you know, the, the, like the always like, you know, don't get, don't blow things out of proportion. Don't go crazy on expectations type stuff. But yeah, he came over for a little bit. Yeah, I gotcha. I gotcha. I, I wasn't for sure if he made it over there. I knew all the players were going through, but I wasn't sure on that, but um the the one thing that stuck out to me on um, what Deg said in the in the media room was talking about Shay <clears throat> and you know as if I could get any more excited about Shay I predicted him MVP I predicted him to be the NBA scoring leader 50 40 90 like all of that and but mm-hmm. he you know he kind of he kind of threw some fuel on my fire a little bit and said all he's ever done is improved, so it wouldn't be surprised if he was even better next season. So, yep, <clears throat> that 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 was my big uh, takeaway. Coming, I mean, obviously, you talked about like you know the the fun stuff and his showing off his personality mm-hmm. and everything. But was there anything else that stood out to you that he said? Um, nothing too much. I know we talked about Chet a little bit, and they were asking him, you know, is he going to be a four or five? And he pretty much just said he's going to play a variety of roles, which isn't surprising. I mean, we mm-hmm. do that with everyone on this team. I don't think anybody's a pure one positional type guy. I mean, we have Jada play the four regularly, so it's it's not surprising that we might see Chet out there for some four minutes. But some people are overreacting, thinking, oh, like he's not going to use him as a five. Like we know the starting lineup. We know Chet's going to be the five in that lineup and everything. Um, and I mean, we might as well try him in a couple of different scenarios. And I trust Mark. If he's out there with the four and the lineup looks terrible, he's not going to run that for very long. So I'm interested to see how Chet looks with this team. Like that's the big thing going into this year is how do they look with Chet? And it was cool to see him talk a little bit about how he sees him as a versatile piece that can fit a couple of different roles rather than, you know, the traditional center build that a lot of teams have. Chet's definitely a different type of player in that regard. And it's just nice to see that Mark recognizes that. Not that I think he wouldn't, but just to hear him talk about it was cool. Mark's Mark's great. I've said a million times, I want Mark to be the coach forever. So, yeah. Yeah. As long as he doesn't run Chet at the two, like uh, PJ Crowesimo try to do with KD, then. We'll be all right with the lineups he puts out there. Uh, Jerry, what was your takeaways from Mark in the media room? I would just say consistent, man. That's the one thing that that guy is, and he's super cerebral with everything that he talks about. Um, the, the, the guy is just a poet with words, but when I, when I say consistency – kind of to echo what Cone was saying, you know, what he said in the other interviews with Nick and Paris, it's – Hey, like, like 
we're we're working every day to get better, right? The byproduct or the result's going to be by that work that we put in, right? And um, don't get too high on on the win losses, but what are they doing throughout the year? Um, the other thing that that really stuck out to me was uh, someone had asked him about J Dub, and you know he pretty much just said, "Hey, like." They got a hell of film on J-Dub from last year. Um, you know, J-Dub's going to have to evolve himself, you know, going mm-hmm. into his sophomore year. And I thought that was a big call out right there um, just because everybody's going to have to just a little bit, right? I mean, we had some great showings mm-hmm. from a bunch of young guys last year. You're putting Chet in the mix on this. Um, there's just a lot. Uh, uh, a lot that J-Dub's going to have to be consistent with going into uh, this season. Um, and then hopefully, you know, just cleaned up some of his other, you know, maybe shortfalls. I won't call them shortfalls because he had a hell of a season, but he can just remain consistent through that. But uh, the way Mark talks, man, and just the way he he thinks through the game um, is short of amazing. I mean, it's it's so it's so cool just to listen to that guy talk like I, I would love to just go to a bar and hang out with him one time because um, I think it would be one of the best conversations I've ever had in my life that's awesome that's yeah. awesome that's a high bar uh, because I'm sure you've had some great conversations Jerry uh, a lot some of them I don't remember um, <laughs> but uh, that, that it's, it's just amazing the way like I said that he thinks and he can put into words you know how he looks at the game and how the organization wants to, to move things forward going you know into this year and, and past that yep I, I, I stopped myself from saying absolutely there so uh, moving on going. to Shea Gildas Alexander uh, who is next up on, in the media room and you know just just off rip, um, the thing that my big takeaway from what Shay was talking about is, you know, whenever he was talking about, you know, being able to play with Chet. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's, it's obvious, like, you know, it, it's kind of fluff. Like, Shay's not one that's really going to give you any buzz, buzz type things in the media, but he just said, we're really excited to have Chet back. He brings so many things to the game. And, like, you know, like we've mentioned on the pod, um, just just the simple fact that we're going to have a guy that's going to be able to spread the floor from the center position is going to make Shay's life so much easier on offense. And, you know, something I was talking to somebody on Twitter about because I was asking people to, like, kind of predict Shay's stat line. Uh, I had Shay at two steals a game, which I think he was close to that, if not, like, at that. Um, yeah. And, you know, he might even be more than that because I think that, you know, having a guy like Chet, you know, in the back lines at the rim – uh, frees up the ability for Shea to gamble a little bit more, for him to, you know, gamble more in the passing lane, to gamble, um, you know, trying to poke the ball loose when, you know, letting a guy go uh, around him um, and, you know, just be more aggressive overall. And, like, you know, we saw that he led the league in, like, deflections. Uh, you know, he was top five in steals. Like, you know, we saw him take a leap defensively, and I think that having Chet back there is just going to help with that evolution. So, yeah, that that was my huge takeaway there. What about you, Cone? Uh, just the continuous want to improve. We There are some star players that get to a point and they kind of plateau or it seems like they're satisfied. In the uh, interviews they were doing with Chris Fisher and Michael Cage, they talked a little bit about Shea being clutch and hitting game winners and stuff last year. 
and he was talking about how you know he missed some and how he's got to be better in those scenarios how that's a spot he wants to be better in which Mm -hmm. i mean shea finished i think seventh in clutch player of the year voting so obviously he could theoretically improve but he was good in those moments he was there when we needed him so to take a look at that area and say no i've got to be better is i mean it's what we've always seen from shea he has that continuous drive to be better uh also i saw a small snippet of i think he was talking to andrew schlecht and he was um, talking a bit about how he, you know, made all NBA first team last year. And he, he was like, how's that feel? And Shay's like, you know, it feels good. Like it's something off the checklist, but you know, it, it doesn't mean that much. Like my goal is to be an NBA champion. He's like, that doesn't really matter that much to me. Obviously I can be better. I want to be better. And the goal is to win a championship. So we, it's stuff that we've always heard from Shay. We've always heard him say, I want to be better. I want to be the best. I want to be a champion, but you know, coming off of a top five MVP finish where he made all NBA first team, he could totally be like, you know, it was a great year last year looking to replicate that, but he's not looking to replicate that. He's looking to improve and build off it, which like you mentioned earlier, Dylan, it feels like he does every year, which Mark talked about. And I expect him to do so again, because when has he not improved drastically over the course of an off season? Yep. He's been in the lab, baby. He's been in the lab. Yeah. He's been, he, he specifically talked about his defense and the, media room with us you Mm -hmm. know and wanting to clean some of that up and be a better defender um so i think that's where we're going to see kind of the the shift go to this year is him being able to to be um be able to spend that energy on that side of the floor at least and i think having i was just i think having guys like j-dub giddy check come in like as guys take leaps and we get more offensive production from those guys i expect shay's scoring number like I don't know if he's going to average 31 points per game again this year because I think guys are going to take leaps, which is good for Shea. He shouldn't have to put up over 30 points per game every single night for us to have a chance to win by spreading it out and having more options that will let him do that defensive thing a lot. And a guy like Chet, you know, like Dylan mentioned, being the back line can allow him to take gambles or allow him to be like, okay, I can really key on in this guy on the three point line because I know if they drive past me, I've got Chet back there to help me out. So it's, it's just, I think all these different things are going to make Shea's life way easier defensively. And, you know, it is cool to hear him continue to talk about areas of his game that, again, he was good in last year or he improved in. And he's like, nah, I got to be better. This is what I need to work on. It's it's just cool how Shea consistently talks about those things, even areas of strength. And is like, I got to be better in those spots. Yep. I was yep. for improvement. I was I'd say he can score 31 as long as it's on like 14. 12 to 14 shots a game. We'll allow that. Um, that's <laughs> that's a good clip to shoot. So um, I, I'd say the big thing that I took away was him kind of talking through his FIBA experience um, and just how that was really uh, a big deal to him. Uh, not so much or, you know, not just because he's playing for Team Canada, but, you know, he mentioned that it kind of kept him in shape, kept him game ready. He feels really confident, you know, walking into training camp versus prior years. Um, he's really excited, you know, to go show up in the Olympics um, next year. Like it's, it's definitely, um, it was really cool just to hear him talk about it. You could tell that he was like super passionate about it. Mm-hmm. Um, being able to, you know, represent his, his country up North. Um, that was just, yeah, it, it, it was pretty damn cool. Which is a far cry from Jamal Murray. I don't know if you guys saw that uh, that clip of Murray and Jokic talking about uh, FIBA. Uh-uh. Did you see that, guy? I didn't see that one. 
they, I, I saw I saw there was some quote about it, but I didn't see the video. Yeah, no. Um, they they asked him about you know um, why he you know basically pulled out of uh, training camp or whatever, and Jokic was like, "Nah, man, he didn't want to do the two a days." <laughs> and Jamal Murray was like, "Yeah, like literally, like I got up there and they were running two a days, and I, j- I just wasn't about that, so I had to pull out." And I was like, "All right, well, well, I see you." <laughs> wow, not surprised. Running from the grind. Yeah, Dame's punching air right now, so. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, far cry from uh, from our own Shea Gilders Alexander. I didn't. I don't mean to stay on Shea too long, but the the only other thing that I wanted to mention was I think it was Joe Masato asked him about the arena, and uh, oh, Shea man. was kind of like, you know, I don't really care, you know, like about a new arena. Like I'm just I'm just gonna play ball like wherever I'm at. And he's like, you know, what's your favorite arena in the league? And you know, Shea made the quick answer, said, you know, Paycom Center. Yeah. So yeah, like awesome answer. And like Joe should just left it there. But no, he said, had to say, what about other teams? Oh, I know. And I was like, please don't say Toronto. Yeah. <laughs> of course he said Toronto. I literally rolled my eyes whenever he asked that. I was like, we already know the answer. Why'd you ask this show? This is a silly question. Like, Joe, you're setting us up, bro. You're yeah. setting us up. It's all good. Yeah. Though. We're going to blame him if it ever does happen. I'm <laughs> going to go with pitchforks to his house. Well, in the, in the next player that showed up is Jerry's favorite player on the team. Uh, against Dort. Uh, can I start with you, man? What was your big takeaway from Dort in either of the interviews? Um, he also talked about he talked about FIBA stuff with the uh, the Thunder broadcast people, and it was cool to hear Dort talk about that. Talk about that experience, um, how loud the arena was, the passion there. He said it like kind of felt like a playoff type environment because of the, how crazy the fans were and the stakes and everything. Um, so yeah, that was kind of the main thing. Also. The first, like, he was one of the first people that showed up on the broadcast. Like, I clicked on it and was watching it, and uh, there were some players walking around. They showed Lou, and I got, I was so happy to see Lou. I was like, ah, <laughs> Lou, thank God, there he is. I and hope it that just, guy's I doing think, well. in, I hope that guy's doing well. And in that moment, I was like, God, if we trade Lou Dort, it's going to be, if that day comes, it's going to break my heart. <laughs> I'm going to be so sad. Not more if than that mine. day ever comes. Not more than mine, sir. I'm yeah, fully was... emotionally invested in Lou Dort all the way. <laughs> yeah. This is like it's, it's... it's bordering Russell Westbrook like vibes. Oh man. Like I'm not even BSing. Like it's bordering. I did that. I did a video recently on YouTube where I went back and relived our entire 2019-2020 season and going through that full year and recapping it, I like I was like, God, Dort's story is so it's so good. Like mm-hmm. it's it's like a movie type story that yeah. first season from him and where he is now. And I, I want to see Lou lift Alario B here so bad in Oklahoma City. It's, again, going to break my heart if Lou ever gets traded. So yeah. not too many crazy takeaways other than, you know, him talking about the FIBA experience and that Lou Dort is the best. But those are kind of things we already know. Thank you, Cone. Yes. I got you. Subscribe <laughs> to 3 Cone on YouTube, nearing 36,000, no, 35,000 <laughs> subscribers. So hit, hit up a boy on YouTube, free plug. Nice. Um but yeah, no, uh, the, the thing that like kind of stuck out to me about door and this is something that like, you know, I was talking to Jerry before, uh, you know, he went to media day about like questions that I, I would like to hear asked. And it was about expectations and how you're managing those expectations. And, um, I don't know who asked him, but you know, they asked him about, you know, the lofty expectations that are set for OKC this season around, you know, 
the national media fan base and everything. And, you know, Dort, you know, kind of did a good job putting it in perspective. But, like, this is kind of like a banger of a quote. He said, at the end of the day, it's still us. Expectations can't win games. We have to go do it. Yep. And that's a good quote. That, that was fire, man. Like, I, I'd, I'd put that on a T-shirt. Like, you know, I, I'm ready to run through a brick wall for Lou Dort right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say and I Lou think... probably could. They yeah. probably could. Yeah. So, oh, that, go you ahead. You go first, Jerry. No, you go, go ahead. I was gonna, I would say his um, was it? I think Lou had that quote about Casein Wallace and being impressed by his defense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was Lou who said that. Um, uh, Kenny Hustle now, too. Yeah, and Casein what? Or apparently Casein and Lou are working together. He's trying to show Casein how he operates around screens and stuff like that, which is just cool. It's cool to see Casein go to him and learn how to defend from a guy who has done it at an extreme level against some of the best scores of all time already. So. Also, just random cool thing I remembered right there. Sorry, Jerry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. You know, you're talking about running through walls. Lou is fucking huge. <laughs> like, like, and, and it sucks because you know on TV he he looks smaller compared to the rest of the guys, right? Just from a frame perspective, he's shorter than everybody. Rising. Yeah, you know. But you see this guy, and it's like he damn near could fit through the conference room door. It felt like, like he is just stacked, man. Um, it makes so much more sense being that close to him, seeing why it's so hard to get around him. Cause he, he's in easy movable. He's going to beat you to the spot and you're just gonna have to go somewhere else. Um, I, th- I think what impressed me the most um, with Lou is, is somebody asked a question kind of, you know, about some of the things that he was working on over the summer. Um, and he called himself out in a couple spots, right? He said, hey, mm-hmm. I need to be more efficient, um, essentially. Um, and he even called out the around the rim and picking his spots better. So, um, you know, he can be more efficient and just being smarter with the ball. Um, and I thought that was huge um, just because, you know, this is a guy making $18 million a year doing something that, like, millions of people would love to be doing. He's like, yeah not too good at these kinds of things uh, so far. Um, we're not, not where I want to be. Not, not mm-hmm. too good is a bad statement, but you know, not where he wants to be. Um, and someone had asked him something about FIBA and you can kind of, at least I got the vibe that um, that gave him a lot of confidence back. Um, you know, especially to end the season, he wasn't shooting well for us. It was, it was kind of dark there, you know, the last couple, what two months of the season with Lou um, minus, you know, up in the first game. playing game. Yeah. I didn't say minus a few games, you know, there, there was a handful of them that he really did shoot well, but, um, uh, I was just really impressed by that. And then I was really disappointed in him not giving me an answer to the question that I was able to ask him, um, which is, you know, what's his favorite defensive matchup? You know, who does he like mm. going against the most? And he said, I have no favorites. Um, everybody out there, you know what I mean? I play, he, he made the comment somewhere along the lines of, I pretty much play with the best every single day. Like, oh, nothing, yeah, for sure. no, yeah, nothing really is, is favorite to me. Um, I was hoping to get some, you know, good tea out of it, you know, maybe hear something um, about some other players, but he definitely shut me down. And then lastly, I think it's cool as shit that the Thunder and the NBA um, got a preseason game in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, that is just awesome. Awesome for Lou. I mean, without him in the league, let's be real. They're not going to Montreal. You know, it's just not happening. 
Um, and here they are going to Montreal uh, to go have a preseason game. And if they've had one, I've never known about it. So um, I, I couldn't tell you. Yeah. Yeah. No idea. So um, uh, that was neat. Yeah. No. And uh, I mean, that's awesome. And uh, I, 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 I'm right there with you. That was something else that stuck out for me with Lou is just the fact that he's holding himself accountable for yep. shortcoming so far. And uh, you know, it's, it's always encouraging whenever the guys acknowledge the stuff that you've been talking about for months. Like, yeah, I know. Like, I, it's something I'm working on. Like, you know, like whenever Josh Giddy first acknowledged, like, his three-point shooting yeah. and Shay talking about his defense way back then, like, it's encouraging to know that they know, and it's encouraging to know that they're working on that. So, yeah, yeah. right there with you. All right, uh, speaking of Josh Giddy, he was next up. Um, and you know, the, just kind of, you know, looking at, you know, kind of some of the quotes he said, obviously he talked about Chet and, you know, a, a lot of people, like, I, I mean, I think they asked like everybody about Chet and they yeah, all kind dude, of said literally, the same thing. Yeah, it was literally everybody. And I was like, guys, like, we know he's here. Like, we can <laughs> yeah. leave it alone now, I promise. Yeah, We're all going to say the same thing. Uh-huh. Yeah, like, just chill out on it. Uh, th- yeah, the thing that kind of stuck out to me is like Josh Getty's just really going to bat for Jack White. Like he's trying to hype this guy up as much as he can. Um, he said, "You guys will love him. He'll do the things. Don't show up in the stat sheet. He's the guy you don't want to play against. He's the guy you love to have on your team." Uh, I remember he was talking about you know he faced him in the NBL, um, and you know that's what led into that quote. And uh, you know. It seems like Jack White's kind of on the outside looking in on the roster, specifically with Sam Presti mentioning Jeremiah Robinson Earl by name and a guy that's been, you know, living in the practice facility, just like you can't get him out of there. Um, it feels like Jack White's on the outside looking in. So interesting to see Josh Giddy, you know, just kind of, you know, being the main cheerleader for the, his fellow Australian. Yeah, for me, it was – we talked about Giddy mentioning Chet like everyone did. Uh, he did tell a story, which was kind of cool about Chet. He was talking with, I think, a radio station, and he said the first day that uh, Chet got drafted, he landed in Oklahoma City, and that very first day that he got here, he texted Josh and was like, can we get in the gym? Like the first day yeah. that he landed in OKC, That's he's awesome. like, can we start getting to work, which is super cool. Uh, and then Giddy also said that playing with a guy like Chet is a dream come true, which I'm super excited about. I've been dying for us to have a lob threat for years. Um also want to note Josh talking a bit about the NBL. He talked about how it's a viable route. He talked about some of the guys and stuff like that. Uh, Jerry's mad that I took that one. Uh, okay, well, then I'll just let you go no, ahead. No, no, it's fine. You've already stuff. started. You got the momentum rolling. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I just I, – I just, he was really hyping up the NBL, talking about still being involved with it and wanting to, like, give people a next path. He mentioned Alex Saar specifically, which mm-hmm. was interesting because, of course, Olivier Saar is on oh, the roster. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, that's, that's all I've got, Jerry. Anything else is you. Okay. Um, you pretty much took that subject. Um, I think the other thing uh, that really like just impressed me was him talking about working with Chip as much as he has um, over the last couple of years, or you know, after last year and then this summer and whatnot. Um, and then the other piece where he was talking about, you know, his quote, and, and I'm going to butcher this quote, but it's going to be pretty close. Um, pretty much you know, I'm not trying to change narratives on my shooting or anything. I'm just trying to be and make the best play for my team. Mm-hmm. I mean, he says, I'm not, you know, going to go out and start shooting three pointers, acting like I'm Steph Curry to, you know, 
break the narrative that I'm not a good three point shooter or um, anything else. And then he, he spoke about how, you know, he wants to force the hand of the refs a little bit more this year and quit bailing out defenses, you know, with floaters and, and things of that nature, just taking it all the way downhill, uh, which I thought was pretty, pretty nice to hear. Cause I would love to have him get on the foul line a hell of a lot more than what he did last year. So um, Josh Giddy was a, definitely a, a very, good interview his his was like top three the whole day yeah it felt like he tried to give like really thought out answers to anybody that asked a question i think i think yoko yoko who you was even talking about earlier asked about um the uh you know playing against team japan and like yeah what it was like to play against them and like you know he could have just said like you know they were a good team like you know he could have like made it short but like it was really thought out. Like, you know, he went in detail, like, you know, sharing the experience and everything and, you know, complimenting and encouraging, you know, the Japanese fan base and everything. So, yep. yeah. Uh, Josh Giddy, he's a, he's a keeper, boys. He's a keeper. Yep. I'll also say that Josh uh, was asked by, when he was doing his interview with um, the Thunder Livestream people, he was doing it. And then Jay Will came up because he got sent over there to come up next. And Josh was still talking. And Jay will came over and asked him about who the best TikToker on the team mm-hmm. was, and he said every he said everybody but Jay will. So for, for potential potential locker room beef is brewing over there in Oklahoma City. Nice, nice. that is tough. Um, well, hey, and uh, we're not we're not talking about Jay will. We're talking about Dove in this one, Jalen Williams. And I just got to say, the thing that stuck out to me was the quick hook that the Thunder gave him in the media room because. It was like three questions, and, and like it, it wasn't like anybody got anything else for Jalen. It was like after the third question, thank you, Jalen. Yeah, the honest and like we were all looking at each other. Like, did we ask a bad question? Like, like what happened there? That was super freaking weird, man. Like, Tumbleson just grabbed him up out of there real, real quick. Which I mean, he's he's a PR guy. He gets to make those calls. I totally mm-hmm. get it, but. Um, compared to some of the other guys that got like a bunch of time, mm-hmm. um, it, it, it was definitely weird because that's one of the ones that I, I know I wanted to talk to. Um, it's probably one of the ones that most of them wanted to talk to. Yeah, 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 probably so. Um, I think what was cool with him, man, is just how empty up, amped up he is for his brother. Um, mm-hmm. He's so amped up for his brother, man, and just, you know, kind of talking about what you know the advice that he shared with them and things of that nature um but you can tell he's a proud big brother for sure or whenever he was talking about that i thought that was cool yeah i saw they asked him about advice for him and he said well he got covid a few days ago so i tell him to yeah. stay healthy so getting sick, <laughs> yeah. which amazing. is cool yeah it was uh, hilarious. i know dub was also he was asked about uh, like the the picture of him like being all jacked and you know having put on weight and stuff like yeah. that, mm-hmm. and he was like, yeah, I think some of those pictures I look too jacked because the NBA drug tested him randomly, quote unquote. After that one picture came out where everybody's like, oh my god, is this real? Like the one of him in the mm-hmm. the tank top. Apparently he yeah. got drug tested not once, but I think he said a couple of times in the offseason after. Yeah, he said after it was that twice. Dropped. Yeah. So. See, I thought I that mean, picture was fake just because it was like so soon after the Ben Simmons Photoshop, and I thought it was like you know he was making fun of it. No, dude, he definitely like filled out a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. The the weight might not show it, but he probably lost some baby fat 
Well, he turn. actually added seven pounds. Okay, <laughs> you can you can definitely see it. Like his shoulders are a lot more filled out. His arms were a lot more filled filled out. It seemed like his chest was a little bit bigger. Um, yeah, he he's definitely been getting them gains recently. Yep. Yeah, sure. I was going to ask if it looked noticeable that he was bigger. So it sounds yeah. like he is. Yeah. yeah. Well, because at the beginning, even throughout last year, you can kind of see him like toning up a little bit more and, and getting stronger, uh, you know, being under that, under that regimen. Um, but yeah, he, he looks jacked. He looks yoked up for sure. Cool. Yeah. Cause I know, I think that's, he also noted that having played power forward, he wanted to bulk up. Like that was something he felt like he needed to do as he played in that role. And I mean, it's going to help him a lot because we need him. We need him out there to guard those four. So, yep. Yeah, I'm. I'm very excited to see what he can do this year. Um, obviously, there's a lot of people that have kind of, kind of thrust him into that like fringe all star uh, range, and you know it's just a year two. Like this is year two. Like, you know, it's it's almost not fair to put that on him, but also like you know it it feels. It feels reasonable considering what we saw post All Star break last year. So I don't know, man. You know, let's just let's just enjoy the ride and see what happens. Yep. Um, but talking about uh, talking about a guy that you know mentioned last year that Jalen Williams is a future All Star. Kendrick Williams came up to the podium, and uh, Cone. Uh, I, I what was kind of your takeaway with Kendrick Williams and either of the interviews that he had? Yeah, um, watching the live stream one, he talked a bit about, um, I think it was Chris Fisher asked, you know, just kind of about his journey, how he was somewhat of a throw-in to that trade with the Pelicans where he sent them Stephen Adams. And he was like, yeah, you know, I came here and I kind of had to earn opportunities, but like they embraced me like after that. And he's like, now like, you know, I'm here, like I get to be part of this team. I also talked about being really hungry, ready to go for this season after missing like almost the full second half of the year and about how much it hurt him to like not be able to be out there and how excited he is to be out there again. Uh, just typical Kenny Hustle stuff, just mm-hmm. showing that want to contribute to the team, do it at a high level. I'm really excited to see him play again this season. I think a lot of people forgot how big, how impactful he was for us, especially defensively before he went out. You could notice that we really missed him in terms of that front court defense specifically when he went out. And uh, he's going to be a big help for us this upcoming season. It was just cool to see him talk about that journey because he had a very unorthodox route to become part of this core and he's forced his way to be on this roster despite all these young talents that we could theoretically keep over him because he's such an impactful role player he's here to stay yeah yeah and you know the uh he kind of doubled down on his endorsements you know he he was feeling feeling like a hot streak and you know he kind of gave the endorsement to case Wallace saying um you guys are going to love him. Go ahead and buy your stock right now. And yep. obviously it gets me excited because I was huge on Case Wallace coming. I know you were huge on Case Wallace going into the draft as well. And it just feels like after everything that happened over the offseason, you know, with signing message and Chet coming back and Shea and Dor and Giddy and FIBA play, it feels like a lot of people have forgotten that Case Wallace is going to be a part of this team. And, yep. you know, he was – a number 10 pick in this year's NBA draft, like a, a loaded NBA draft. Um, you know, he came in and his first game in summer league knocked down like five out of six threes. Like 
he was known as one of the best perimeter defenders in all of college basketball last year. Like, Kaysom Wallace is a gamer, and he is going to play minutes for this Oklahoma City Thunder team. So, uh, you know, I, you know, Kenrich Williams did a great job of, you know, getting me even more excited for Kaysom Wallace. And just for the record, if that – if Kaysom played for the University of Louisville, Dylan would not have talked about him that long. Um, Come on now. You, you literally went over his whole bio in that synopsis. Um uh, no, I, I think the, the thing that I picked up from Kenny Hustle was uh, you can definitely tell he's a glue guy mm-hmm. in that locker room. I mean, just his personality, you're kind of just like, oh, yeah, I like the, I like you a lot. Like, you're, you're probably a good time, but you also know how to, you know, get to work and work the right way. So um, you can just definitely see that, that veteran leadership inside of him. Yeah, and uh... – I'm trying to think. Okay, so let's go to Chet. And Funny story. Here. Funny story if we're going to Chet real quick, okay? okay. So we we, we took that. a break right after um, Kenny, right? Mm-hmm. So a few of us just run to the, the bathroom real quick. It's just up the hallway. Um, so this one dude, I forget who he works for. His name's Curtis. It's one of the radio stations here, I feel like. Um, he's in there in the bathroom and um, I'm coming out. He gets out ahead of me and is like already down the hallway, like running pretty much. <laughs> and as I'm coming out, Chet and like six handlers are walking with them, you know, to this media room. And uh, I'd like hustle up and I'd get into the media room real quick. I was like, Hey guys, I'm bringing Chet in here. Get ready. And everybody just started cracking up. Um, you know, me being me, just being an idiot. Uh, but yeah, that was my uh, my chat story that I got to share with you guys. You're That's welcome. awesome. The Jerry personality got it. You, you found you found an instant. Uh, you found like a little sliver in the you know the amount of professionalism you had to display that day. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit of sliver of champagne, Jerry. I had to let it out. I had to let it out. I love it. I love it. Uh, I, I will say, you know, I, I I talked to a couple of the media members that was there, and they. They said that they was excited to see Top of Thunder A represented there at Media Day, but also that you specifically got to be there. So yeah, nice, nice. Don't know who said that, but I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, oh, I mean, I, I kind of talked to everybody while we were up there, so it was yeah. everybody I knew at least. So there you go. All right, um, let's talk about Chet, and then from there, you know, we can let, let's just kind of pick two guys of the remainders because you know as as you know, it started trickling from the starting lineup. The questions got shorter. The questions got kind of fluffier. So uh, we'll we'll just wrap up off of that. But going into Chet Holmgren, um, my big takeaway from Chet Holmgren is uh, talking about working with Kevin Durant and um, you know how close he's gotten to him and what he's taken from that. And he said a lot of our talks had to do with the game itself. He's seen it all. He's done it all. It's all left from him. Kev's a great dude. And uh, now that clip back on the screen, as soon as I mentioned Kevin Durant, Jerry walks away. So that's awesome. Um, but, you know, obviously it could have ended better with Kevin Durant mm-hmm. and his time in Oklahoma City, but he's still one of the all-time greats. He still has, you know, kind of gone through it at this program in this city. And, you know, he has a similar build, similar skill sets to Chet Holmgren. So 
I could think of nobody else that I would like Chet to talk to in terms of like mentorship in the game of basketball than Kevin Durant. And the fact that KD's willing to take Chet under his wing without playing a minute of basketball, you know, t- tells me all I already know about Chet Holmgren, but gets me that much more excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one of the things I noticed was they were asking Chet about the, like the new guys and like who stands out and everything. And he complimented everybody. He talked about um, uh, Vasa being a great facilitator, Keontae with this athleticism, Bertans can knock down the shot. Uh, he talked about Jack White being a tough-nosed dude. And again, another person who notes that Kaysen Wallace's defense is amazing is the wording that he used. He said that his defense is Let's amazing, go. which everybody's saying it. We knew he was a great defender coming into the draft, obviously one of the best perimeter defenders out there. But the fact that every single person is making it a note to say, hey, this guy is a great defender is very, very exciting. So I want to hear stories of him putting Trey Mann in jail during training camp. <laughs> Jerry, you're muted, brother. That might have been why Trey was in a bad mood, it felt like. (laughs) Um, Now, I think my favorite, uh, you know, what impressed me was his thought process through the game and, like, him talking about his injury, you know, last year and working through it and still learning and and taking everything in stride um, and just going through the process and – how you know some people say that you know like oh, i just trust in the process that's what i you know this is how i got to where i'm at or whatever um you could tell that dude really believes it um and you know a lot of people say he's a hard work- worker thought about that day one story with josh earlier like <laughs> the guy you can tell he just loves the ball and you know you're talking about the kd thing even just the way he was talking about it um reminds me of a young KD like it's it's wild just a lot of the the similarities that are there uh just from a mindset perspective um and just wanting to to hone in on his craft um you can just tell he's he's really hungry um just his whole body language just kind of the way that he was talking through everything he's he's amped the fuck up to go hoop this year so um, he's probably going to win rookie of the year. I definitely wanted to ask him about that. I was going to ask him like, Hey, like currently right now it's you and Wimby one and two, you know, is that something that's on your board or not? And they kicked him out before I could ask that. So. Oh yeah. That would have been great. If you got to get a soundbite about Wimby and Chet. I, I would just want to see what his kind of thoughts were on it. You mm-hmm. know, just cause I think it's, it's got to be on his mind just a little bit. I mean, just a little bit. I'm not saying he's staying up at night on it, but it, it, yeah, definitely has to be on his mind. So, yeah. Chet, if you listen to this, give me my answer, please, because I really wanted to ask that. Hey, he's active on Twitter. That's... Yeah. Yeah, tweet at him. Yeah, but I, I have zero luck um, tweeting my NBA, uh, you know, the NBA players. Never yeah. worked out for me. I'm not. I'm not you or chats. All right. All right. I'm not you guys. Wow. Freaking Hollywood. <laughs> Anywho, uh, the the other the only other thing I had to say about chat was, and this actually happened today. Um, after training camp, whenever they opened up for availability, uh, they asked Diggs if 
OKC had to limit Chet because of last year's injury. And Deg said, no, he is fully recovered. Nice. Very. Hey, I'm expecting big things out the gate. Uh, Chet did talk about today after, you know, first day of training camp. He talked about how he didn't play with Josh today, so they didn't get to work on our lobs. But he did say that him and Shea played together, and he said that they worked on that a little bit. And someone asked, like, what is it like with you and Shea out there on the court at the same time together? And he said, exciting. Right, Which, yeah. Yes, it is. That space is about to be so stupid. Oh, my God. It's going to be amazing, man. Yeah. All right, boys. Let's go. So let's take turns here. Um, kind of, of single-large item, the rest of it. Um, but we're each just going to have two of them. So, Jerry, being in the media room, uh, what was your – what was your like big takeaway from any of the other remaining players? Um, Jack White was up there a very long time. Oh, really? Um, yeah, it seemed like forever. That's after my phone had died, so I apologize about that. I forgot my battery pack at home. It was a stressful time in my life. I'm over there looking for plugs in the media room. What kind of media room doesn't have plugs, by the way? Yeah, that's wild. Um, yeah, it was, it was crazy. Um, I mean, they had them, but I didn't need like a 20-foot cord you know, to reach to my seat. So, um, no, but Jack White was up there a little bit, very, very headsy kid. And he kind of spoke about, um, you know, he's seen what it's, what work is, has needs to be done to win an NBA championship. All right. He's been there, you know, since he was with the Nuggets last mm-hmm. year and how excited he was and wanted to come here just because he believed in the vision um which i thought was just you know that's either a really good way to kiss sam presti's ass or you really <laughs> believe that uh um, all the right things yeah but but he, he seemed really like a genuine just down-to-earth dude and he talked about how josh is literally just the biggest celebrity in australia when it comes down to basketball um which is wild to me considering there's been like patty mills um there's been some other hoopers come out of australia that are you know won championships and Lots of accolades. Somebody should have asked Josh, like, you know, with the whole Kelsey Taylor Swift thing going on, like, you know, you're an eligible bachelor on this team. Like, who who are you shooting your shot on, man? Oh, man, yeah. that would have been good. That would have been good. That would have been amazing. Um, yeah, no, my, my takeaway, I want to go to Poku. And this is actually a negative takeaway. <laughs> I... I I I don't like I don't echo this sentiment at all. Like I've only been to OKC a couple times, but whenever he was talking about Misich um, coming on the team, uh, you know, he said I'm happy to have him here, someone to ha- you know speak my native language. And um, you know, they was asking him, you know, well, did you like show him around whenever he got here? And he said, there's not much to show him. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, <laughs> shots fired, Poku! Yeah. What the heck? Damn. Everybody kind of just is like, uh, should we laugh or should we just sit here awkwardly? Like, we don't know which one to do. He thought that was going to hit. <laughs> oh, man. Man. But I, I appreciate I appreciate the attempt. Yeah. But I think Poku's interview went really well, too, though. And I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. You know me. I'm a huge Poku uh, believer. Um, you know, he he wants to get back out there really, really bad. And he understands it's a process, too. He was like, man, I'm. 21 years old like what are you talking about right now like i'm i'm good right yeah the it sucks to get hurt but i'm working to get back every single time so i thought that that was really 
Um, nice to hear, and I hope that we can get a double a Chet and a Poku lineup. Um, oh my gosh, I, I, I'm I'm going to do dirty things to my wife that night whenever that. Oh my god. <laughs> When I make you both face palm, that's oh, okay. like my, that's I'm my gonna go ahead. Life. I'm gonna go ahead and talk about what I need to talk about. Uh, I'm just gonna wrap up with a couple like I'm gonna wrap up with a couple quotes from a, a couple of different guys. Wait, why are you gonna do me like that, Cone? You're gonna act do like what? that was no, just the worst thing ever. Like that, I've said way I, worse. I genuinely, I genuinely don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. Okay. So uh, for Dylan Uzman Jang in the uh, you know, the, the live stream specifically noted that he's worked a lot with Chip over yes, the soft season to get better with his shot. So, you know, as a big Usman Jang believer, that's exciting to hear. And Jang really gang. hope that, that that translates. Shout to Jang Gang. Hope that translates this upcoming season. A lot of guys talked about Chip. Clearly, it was a point of emphasis for some of these guys to work with him. Uh, Case and Wallace, I know we talked a bit about Lou complimenting him. Uh, Chet did too. Everybody was complimentary of Case and Wallace. Kemrich Williams said, buy your stock on him. Uh, he talked about just being ready for whatever's coming. He said his goal is to keep guys away from Chet, but that if they get by him, he knows that Chet has his back. Uh, Shea said he's a guy that's ready to play right away. Um, I think Kenrich Williams also said he plays like a 10-year vet or he carries himself like a 10-year yep. vet. So basically just across the board, everyone's like, this guy could play right away. He's going to be an impact player from day one, which is also very exciting. Uh, and then Mitsich talked a bit about his about coming over to OKC. I can't remember if this was something he said later or if he said during a media day. But he talked about having actually never really talked with the Sixers about coming over it when they had big, his rights. Yep. yep. And now, uh, obviously, he was able to come through and play for us. He also talked about wanting to earn everything. He said, like, they asked him, you know, what made you come over? He's like, it wasn't any guarantees or anything. I just... Like I was excited about the team. You know, I, I had a goal of coming over to the NBA, wanted to be here, but he was like, I don't want to be given anything. Like I want to earn everything with this team, which is cool because there are a lot of players who are going to have to play. There are probably going to be some nights where he doesn't play as much as some other guys because we need to evaluate all these talents. And I think he's going to be a great help in whatever role he does play. But just to hear like there's not going to be an issue where he's like, oh, like I'm mad I'm not starting or this because he's an extremely accomplished player coming over to a younger team. It's just cool to see. I'm excited that we have that veteran presence, a guy who has done so much over there in the EuroLeague, now getting his chance to play in the NBA. Um, yeah, I think that's pretty much everybody that I'm thinking about. I thought there was someone else who had a quote that was interesting, but we've got so many players, it's, it's hard to <laughs> yeah. think about all of them. So, um, yeah, yeah. also... Really loves Istanbul, by the way. Like he loves that oh, yeah. a lot of that place. Yeah, you, you uh, I want to say social media posts and everything. Yeah, I want to say if you haven't seen J Dub's vlog, go watch that. If you want more of a media day, like a personality driven thing, hilarious. Like the personality of these guys, you can tell the chemistry, the bonding, and everything. It's really, really funny. Definitely make sure to go check that out if you're looking for more Thunder media day. Just kind of get you more excited about the team this upcoming season. Go watch that because really, really funny stuff. Yeah, I'm definitely, definitely got to tap into that. Um, I saw the, I saw the little clip there, the uh, Cooper J, uh, Cooper Jones, Coop J NBA, I think is that. Uh, he mm -hmm. tweeted, he tweeted out a little snippet and it, 
it was very funny. I, I enjoyed that. Um, on the on the message thing, the the thing that I wanted to talk like you know that kind of stuck out with me for him is he said that you know in finally coming to you know not not only OKC but the NBA said it's something that I'm very happy this finally happened. I've been working nine years to get to the NBA, and I think that it was worth it. It, it, it's just crazy because this is a guy that's won multiple yearly championships, uh, has had like multiple years, like just, you know, leading a team to the playoffs. You know, he's one of the most like decorated yearly players, like of all time. Yeah. And he said, you know, that's all great. I was doing that to try to get to the league. And this guy's 29 years old. And he talked about, you know, that's why he's wearing number 29 because he wanted to be 22, but case is 22. Um, and you know, all that, but this guy was 29 years old, but like it, it almost felt like he was a kid again, talking about you know, getting to live out his dream of being in the NBA. Kind of like he's in the same shoes as Casey Wallace, he's in the same shoes as Chet Holmgren, you know, getting to play in their first NBA game. So, yeah, I'm very excited for me. I'd say, yeah, he, um. No, I'm forgetting what he said. He said something else like that was interesting, but I'm blanking on it. You go ahead, Jerry. They, he he really talked about how this was the next challenge for him, pretty mm-hmm. much. I mean, that was just his big thing. He That's all he cared about. This is just something that he wants to go check off the box. Um, and he, he, you could tell he's humble enough to realize, like, hey, we got some good guys around us. Like, the NBA is no slouch. That's why it's the NBA. I mean, he, he said that without saying it, you know, not saying it like that. Um, but he's very headsy, and you can see where he could be a locker room help also. Yeah, and apparently Kendrick Williams calls him Vava, so that's interesting. Yes, yes, Vava, which is – he's never been called that before. (laughs) (laughs) I think some people are underestimating the impact he can have on this team as an offensive connecting piece. I think he's going to be way better than a lot of people are realizing because there's a lot of casual fans out there who don't know – who he is or what he's done in the EuroLeague, how good he can be, he's going to be ridiculous for this team. I think he makes a big impact regardless of what role he plays. And pretty quickly people are going to realize how much of a massive move it was to get him over in OKC over this past summer. Yeah, absolutely. And guys, uh, as we kind of get to closing out here, uh, we've buried the league and we've missed the best media day answer of – probably Thunder history, and it was sparked by our very own Jerry's question. Jerry, could you talk about your interaction you had with Aaron Wiggins? Oh, I totally forgot about that. <laughs> um, yeah, so me being me, um, decided to um, remind Aaron Wiggins that he's literally saved basketball. Um, so I had asked him, uh, you know, Thunder Nation thinks, you know, you've been dubbed, you know, that you saved basketball. Uh, what are the things you've been working on this summer to continue saving basketball? And he made sure to answer uh, with, so I can continue saving basketball um, at the end of it. Um, But he's super, he was super headsy though, man. You can tell that that kid is like, you know how he just can come in. He never has a bad game, right? Like Mm -hmm. I don't think it's ever happened in his whole life. Um, and you can tell he just goes into the game like he stays ready all the time, um, and he just wants to contribute. You know what I mean? And and be on the floor with his boys. So um, someone had asked him just about the playing time and the struggles and whatnot. 
and he's just undisturbed by it, which is great. Yep. No, it's it's exciting times in Thunderland, man. You know, uh, sound bites are gonna drop. You know, over the coming days after training camp, as they did today. Uh, Cone talked about something. Chet said, you know, talking about the whole team. I talked about what Mark said about Chet. Like we're gonna be getting those throughout the week, and then before you know it, man, Monday, our first preseason game. Uh, first time we get to see some of these guys on the basketball court. It's going to be very, very exciting. I can't wait. Um, fellas, before we close out the pod, uh, I know you guys didn't get to listen to the last pod yet, um, but, you know, I sent the tweet in the chat. You kind of saw the teams. I didn't say who the teams were, but you guys made your pick. Can, can you guys guess who drafted the teams of me, Alex, Steven, and Tierney? Like who drafted who? I need to go look at the teams again if I'm going to take a guess. Yeah, I need to. Um, that's exactly what I'm doing right now, too. Well, I I could tell you off rip. So, like, team one was Russ. Oh, no, no, sorry. I can't tell you off rip. Team one was Chris Paul, Kevin Durant, Mitch McGarry, um, Demonis Sabonis, and, Ke- and Kevin Love. Kevin Love. And Kevin Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is an extremely big team. That is a big body yeah. team. <laughs> Yeah, you got I, Katie at the two, Love at the three. I guess Mitch McGarry at the four, and Sabonis. Well, at the he had five. Mitch at the three. Yeah, yeah, Mitch at the three. Um, so, so I know that's not your team, which I didn't think it was. I didn't think you were taking Mitch McGarry there. It is not. No, I uh, I actually made the comment to the person that drafted that he's running that PJ Carlismo lineup, putting KD at the two. So, it was definitely tyranny. It was not tyranny. What? So it was Alex or Dolan. Oh, then it had to be had to be Alex. It was Alex. Yeah. Alex had first pick. See Kevin Durant. So the next team was Russell Westbrook, Damian Lillard, Carmela Anthony, uh, Al Horford, Tyson Chandler. So that's mm-hmm. me, Dolan, or Tyranny. That's probably you. It was not I don't me. think so. I was. I don't think that's Dylan's. I think I know which team's Dylan is. I have a good idea which one's Dylan is. Um, I think that one's probably. That one's probably. I'm gonna go Dolan on that one. That was indeed Dolan's that, team. Yeah, that feels like his team. Okay. I feel like that's the second strongest team. I, yes. I feel like it's a really good team. Uh, Tyranny. I, I'm. I'm. I'm gonna have to see if I remember this off rip because it was weird. Uh, James Harden, Dion Waiters, Nick yep. Collison. No, Andre Robertson, Nick Collison, uh, LaMarcus Aldridge. Yeah, I was excited. I, I thought your team was team four. See, like, and this like that's what's funny is like you know I put the team numbers in the draft position. So KD and Russ went one and two. Obviously, Tierney took LaMarcus Aldridge, Thunder Killer, number three over Shea <laughs> or Paul George. I mean, to his credit, though, LaMarcus Aldridge dropped 50 I mean, that 56-point game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, when brutal. I got Shea and Paul George back-to-back, I was like feeling pretty good here. Yeah. Those are two of the best seasons in Thunder history. Those are probably the third and fourth best seasons in Thunder history. And then so. we got Prime Dirk. Well, yeah, not really prime Dirk, but best Dirk championship right Dirk. Well, I was yeah, trying yeah. to get Jeremy Grant as like a wild card, and they were like nickel and diamond me over if he was a quote unquote Thunder legend because they felt like it was supposed to be like a sarcastic thing. And I was like, fine, y'all just effed up. I'm just gonna take NBA Finals Dirk Nowitzki then. Oh gosh, that's funny. 
it's like oh crap but yeah no the last the last thing i gotta say about that i mean that was really fun like you know it was like a it, it was like a kind of different thing but at the end of it all we was like wow we literally forgot like the thunder killer nobody took game six clay thompson yeah so, i'm shocked yeah. i did I'm, i was shocked i didn't see game six clay in there yeah, I had already taken Dirk, and Tierney tried to take Steph Curry, and like we had to like go back and change it because we didn't feel like Curry killed everybody was kind of our argument. And yeah. like whenever Tierney first said Steph Curry, I was like, "Holy crap, nobody picked Game Six Clay." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was yeah. wild. But you know, twelve thirteen Kevin Love as a Thunder Killer is an interesting one. I know, right? Like, I, I never thought of that. I mean, he was putting up numbers. Like, you know, he, he had a yeah. couple, like, 30-30 games, I think. But, yeah, like, Thunderkiller, I, I, I didn't think of it. But, hey, he's a monster. Absolute mm. monster. Um, but, yeah. Mitch McGarry at the three is – if you're putting these teams in a tournament, <laughs> Mitch McGarry at the three is going up against 12-13 Carmelo Anthony – I guess he's going up against Andre Roberson, which helps him a bit there. But yeah. then he's got to guard MVP caliber Paul George. Like that's tough. Good lord, pray pray for Mitch McGarry. <laughs> yeah, out there. he's he's gonna be hit. He's gonna be uh you know hitting a couple of Jays after the after hey, the game. I'm telling you, it wasn't Jays that got him out of the league, boys. It was <laughs> a lot more than that. Well, hey, we'll we'll leave it with that. Um. We'll, we'll do we'll do another category draft here in the future with Cone and Jerry participating as well. Um, I, I'm I'm glad whenever Cone's not in the draft because you know I know I'm going to take the dub, but whenever Cone gets in the draft, Cone doesn't take L's when we do games, so that's uh, yeah. I need I haven't played a game in too long. I feel like I'm losing my crown. Uh, yeah. it, it's by design. I'm trying we need to, to do some family feud together, Cone, because me and you, best mm-hmm. team out there. Yeah, it would it would be too, it it wouldn't work if we were on opposite teams because we have the same thought process. So yeah, the game would be a tie. It wouldn't yeah, work. A dead tie unless our idiot teammates <laughs> screwed it up somehow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, thanks, Dylan. Hey, me and Jerry got the first W in Family Feud. We did. Jerry took the shirt off. We did. Yeah, I did take my shirt off. That was at the apartment. That was good old times. That was pre-kid. <laughs> that was. That was good old times. It was against the uncontested. That was funny. Taylor yeah. was legitimately shocked. He was like, oh, oh, what is happening? I told him I was going to do it. I mean, <laughs> shit. I said it pre-game. <laughs> so you if Jerry have. says, Jerry's going to follow through. If he talks about taking his shirt off, the shirt will come off yes. before the end of the podcast. Yes. yes, and you shouldn't be shocked. Well, fellas, that is that's all we got. Um, Friday, uh, we'll have uh, I think both uh, return of the mats. I think both of the mats will be on return of the mats. Yeah, every time, every time. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, maybe you guys will join. I don't know. Uh, we'll have a new pod out for you guys Friday. Uh, probably do a little Twitter mailbag. You know, takeaways from uh, media day and from training camp. Any questions that you have, and like I said. First preseason games Monday, Tuesday we'll be talking about it, and then uh, I think yeah next Friday we will be having NBA University from Twitter on the podcast to continue our Thunder season preview. Uh, his name is actually Stephen, um, so I'm not going to refer to him as NBA University for the entire podcast. Uh, but yeah, very excited to talk about or talk about the Thunder with him. Um, you know he's. He's got a lot of clout in the Twitter game. Uh, JJ Reddick shouted him out on his podcast a couple times. So, I mean, that's 
That's pretty awesome. And he actually got to go to the Orlando Magic Media Day um, as well as Boots on the Ground there. So it'll be fun to talk to him about that as well. But, uh, yeah, we got a lot of fun stuff planned for you guys. Just keep it here. And uh, we appreciate all your all support. And the season's right out in the corner. And can't wait. So with that being said, hope everybody has a great night. God bless. Hoop when you can. And as always, thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up. Thank you for listening to the Topic Thunder podcast. Our podcast is available to subscribe on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play, or anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Be sure to leave us a five-star rating and a positive review, and follow us on Twitter at OKC Topic Thunder. Thunder up! Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.